Hey there, folks. Welcome back to The Daily Marketer. This is your weekly dose of growth marketing knowledge for the busy founder or startup marketer. Welcome back. Season two, we're doing something a little different. We thought, let's bring on people who are growing companies, whether they're a founder or a CMO of a company, and let's hear their growth marketing journey. What are their strategies? How are they thinking about it? What's their philosophy? And how are they solving some of the hardest marketing problems out there? We also have brought on subject matter experts in subsects of marketing like branding, affiliate marketing, job ads, and we dig into their brain like, you know, perhaps the creature in the alien movies, and then we burst out of them the these nuggets of knowledge so you can use those in the founding of your company and solving of your marketing problems. Thus, our guest for today is Bill Kong. Bill Kong is the CMO of Rover, the world's largest marketplace for pet services like walks, boarding, daycare, grooming, and a bit more. The mission of Rover is to make experiencing the love of pet accessible to everyone, regardless of how busy you are. Bill, originally from China, moved to the U.S. at a young age and studied computer science at UC Berkeley before starting his career as a product manager in Silicon Valley. While working for companies that were ahead of the curve in enterprise SaaS, affiliate marketing, and behavioral targeting, he realized his passion for marketing and its ability to interweave closely with product management and operations. Bill ultimately ended up at drugstore.com, where he managed the profit and loss of the online store, which brought in revenues of over half a billion dollars and turned around the direct-to-consumer lens business, Vision Direct, which was a profitable element of drugstore.com. After leaving drugstore.com, Bill headed to Sears to become their chief digital marketing officer and branch the company into e-commerce, where he leveraged digital marketing channels like search engine marketing, search engine optimization, display, and a couple different things. In recent years, Bill has developed an expertise and reputation in building successful direct-to-consumer brands like Commerce Hub, Vital Choice, and Rover. Vital Choice Wild Seafood is particularly rad. They're an online ordering marketplace for high-quality salmon and other seafood you can imagine. Bill holds an MBA from Kellogg School of Management. This conversation was a ton of fun. Bill distills marketing principles down to the essentials so literally anyone can understand and leverage them. We talked about you know, a really big important subject to him, which was the need for a new generation of modern day marketers that need to be a combination of data scientists, technologists, and artists all in one to be a world-class marketer. We also talk about his appreciation for affiliate marketing, which is an often poorly perceived marketing channel that has some incredibly powerful partnership ability and ROI potential. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Bill as much as I did. Thanks. Hey, Bill. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you. Jacob has been a while. It's great to see you again. It's great to see you too. Uh, we, We always have great conversations. We make Good jazz, as they say. Uh, I, I thought we'd start the show off in um, 
a little different way than past episodes. So at the end of the show, we like to ask rapid growth questions. So I'm going to start off this episode with you. I'd like to ask you some rapid growth questions if you're ready. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. So answer with the first thing that comes to to your head. So greatest marketer ever. Gosh, uh, that's a very hard question. I'll say Steve Jobs. Okay. Marketing newsletter you read a lot. Um, marketing. Um, well, I love the information. Um, it's not a marketing newsletter, but it is a tech industry coverage. What amazed me is how they were able to build a subs- subscription-only uh, newsletter business in today's mm. age by focusing on very high-quality information. And I thought their copywriting and their conversion funnel for converting uh, free visitors into paid customer. Uh, it is a really interesting uh, business that they have created over the last few years. And it focuses on the subject of high tech. Uh, is the information is, is just uh, breaking news in the high tech industry. Okay. But they go into uh, in-depth analysis of what is going on. And also they have some unique sources. So they will break some news. For example, they were the first one uh, mentioned that Uber... Uh, had an internal meeting about layoff before mm. anybody else heard about it. I think they're pretty well connected in the Silicon Valley, which allowed them to share those information before everybody else. And they have in-depth analysis. Uh, so basically, they have a freemium model. You can subscribe as a free reader, but you only read one or two paragraphs of each article. Mm. If you want to read the whole thing, you have to pay for their monthly or annual subscription. Okay. And I, I, I just found it by Google searching the information. I see. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Marketing Twitter or simply Twitter influencer you follow or read often? Uh, for Twitter uh, influencer, I followed a lot. Uh, Noah Kagan, you probably know him. Mm-hmm. Sumo. Yep. I think he's an interesting guy. I, I also follow uh, Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, I don't necessarily believe in his four-hour work week. Uh, however, I do think he is a great uh, marketer. He has a lot to sh- share. Uh, I also like actually Ryan uh, Holiday, you know, the, mm-hmm. the obstacle is the way. I think uh, he does a great job uh, for some of his the writing he has, um, he has done. Just a few examples. I admire all three of those guys a lot. Noah Kagan has a great podcast. Have you heard Noah Kagan Presents? Yes, um, I usually haven't had time to watch it, but I occasionally I do read the uh, script uh, he has. Mm. Yeah. Okay, best marketing book of all time. And it can be a book that isn't directly about marketing either. I think is the, the influence. is a book about uh, psychology. I think that's a great book. Uh, I know this book was uh, recommended by you know Warren Buffett, by mm-hmm. Charlie Mungers and others. I do think the five or seven uh, technique they mentioned is such a timeless principles uh, from a, a psychology perspective, but they're also highly applicable uh, in marketing. Yeah, Robert Cialdini. That's yes, a, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he made a new book recently called Presuasion. Have you heard of it? I heard about it. Yeah, I haven't read it, but uh, definitely uh, something on my, my, my list. Yeah. Same here. Have, have you uh, read it yet? Not yet. No, no. I, I'm looking forward to it. The, even the cover of the book looks j- just like the, the influence book. It brings me back. Yes, exactly. B- 
best TED Talk? Gosh, uh, best TED Talk. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, something a little bit different. I, I forgot her name. Uh, she uh, is a Harvard-educated uh, lawyer, but she, right now she's working um, as the head of a uh, student counseling or something like that at uh, Stanford University. And she gave a TED Talk a while ago. It was on the topic of uh, essentially, you know, what we should be teaching our next generation. And she talks about, you know, uh, Stanford University undergrad are some of the smartest, most accomplished undergraduate students. However, a lot of them are so uh, overeducated. Mm. And since they're very young, they have a career path or academic path are all pre-designed. Then they have always tried so hard to uh, get to where they want to go. Mm. And then when they finish uh, school, they essentially get lost because they don't know. Uh, it's all they've known. Do. Yeah. What, what's her name? I uh, need to look it up. I actually don't know the name. I can send you uh, afterward. Okay, no problem. Yeah, we can add those to the show notes. And finally, last rapid growth question. What marketing advice do you give that few follow? is about the fundamentals. And I think always remember when I was at Amazon, uh, when we made a presentation initially uh, to the S team, including Jeff Bezos, um, really it's boils down to impression, clicks, and conversion. Uh, really, no matter what channel, what kind of marketing you're doing, you got to go back to this fundamentals mm-hmm. to look at them holistically and to go through each step to optimize the funnel. And that's something that uh, never go wrong, but um, sometimes we forget those uh, basics. I agree. All right, thanks for that. I'm wondering if we can talk now about, so where did you grow up? What what was your upbringing like? I I know you mentioned you grew up in China, right? Yeah, so I grew up in China and then I moved to the US uh, when I was in uh, high school. I started high school in the Bay Area and then uh, studied computer science in college. And then after that, uh, I actually started working as a uh, software developer programmer. Um, That's kind of started with technical uh, jobs. Uh, One thing I soon realized is uh, I'm not a very good programmer. I like to understand the business side of things and uh, I like to think about marketing and everything else. And uh, one of my first, uh, second job after college was actually working in product management, uh, work at a, at a uh, e-commerce startup during the dot-com uh, period. Uh, that company burned through about uh, $100 million in funding, and then it crashed. Uh, however, that's my first lesson about uh, uh, you know, having a major uh, financial crisis and navigate that kind of uh, environment. And also, it was the first exposure to e-commerce, which later I uh, end up here in Seattle to uh, work for Amazon. So that's kind of my initial uh, step of my career. Very cool. Was that company Vantive? No, it's a company called Escalate. Escalate. Okay. Yeah. That was the software solution for cross-channel commerce? Yes. Got it. Exactly. It's Great. essentially uh, what they call SaaS now. At that time, it's mm-hmm. called Application Service Provider. So if any retailers or brands, if they want to sell uh, online, that's the platform 
uh, they can enable you to sell online. Think about uh, Shopify type of uh, infrastructure, but this is 20 years ago, Yeah, which is much harder to implement. Yeah, before the internet was really fast, before everything was as connected and at the touch of your fingertips as it is now, right? Yeah. And also, you know, the retailers and the brand manufacturers, they are now ready to move online, although they start seeing uh, that's the future. But still, it takes a long time for them to finally realize Mm -hmm. um, e-commerce is going to take this over. It reminds me of the technology adoption lifecycle. I think it applies to not only physical products, but digital products as well. And, And maybe Escalate was just a really early adopter, innovator in the field. Uh, totally true. I think it's ahead, ahead of its, its time. And uh, one thing I think we soon uh, learn is it takes a long time for an industry to fully adopt a technology. Even the disruption is happening in front of your eyes, but for the entire industry to fully adopt new technology, it takes time. Think about e-commerce. You know, we're 20 plus years in the making, and it's really one industry after another being disrupted, right, from the book industry to uh, sportswear uh, and to, you know, other Online industries. banking, right. Yeah. And right now is uh, grocery e-commerce, which is the last and the biggest category in yeah. the retail. And there were a couple a couple companies back in 2000 that were trying to do the, the grocery delivery that, that, that didn't pull through, even some big companies, right? It didn't Safeway and, and, and Kroger. They were involved in attempting to, to make that happen. Yeah, uh, such as uh, Vivevan, that's the biggest uh, flame out during that time. Uh, there's Peapod, uh, there's Online Grocer, which I think is actually a company here based out of uh, uh, Seattle. So, yeah, and, and what is interesting is Amazon actually hired several key players from mm. uh, Vivevan. And uh, I think they certainly learned uh, some of the lessons from the past. And they were very deliberate in how they uh, started Amazon Fresh. They tested that in many different markets. took a long time until today, which they have a more established uh, business there. Mm. So, so when did you discover you, you had an interest and passion for marketing? Was it at a pretty young age? You know what? I never thought about marketing. Um, so uh, after the dot-com um, com, uh, bubble burst, uh, like many people in my generation, we kind of lost, right? I was a young professional, probably a little bit younger than, I was about 26, 27. And uh, uh, so we all started applying to uh, go back to graduate school. So I uh, went back to uh, business school at Kellogg in, in Chicago. And after that, during that time, I was thinking about what I should do next. Uh, what I realized is I still like uh, technology, but I like uh, direct-to-consumer because I like to uh, make an impact on the end user, on the consumer. So what I identified is I want to stay in tech, but I want to work in a direct-to-consumer company. And then my second uh, consideration was uh, at this company called Escalate, I learned everything that didn't work for e-commerce. So I was very curious about Amazon because Amazon made everything working for e-commerce. So I figure that experience of comparing and contrasting uh, what Amazon did versus what Escalate did uh, Mm. would be really interesting. 
So that's how I ended up recruiting with Amazon and moved to Seattle. Uh, what is interesting is the first job I took at Amazon was to be the product manager on the Amazon Associate Program, which is the affiliate marketing mm. uh, team. So cool. that's gave me a great exposure because I launched the brand new uh, Associate Central Portal uh, for US, Japan, Germany, France, and the UK. And I was running the day-to-day operation of that program, attended the very first industry conference for affiliate. Uh, so it gave me very uh, ex- good exposure. And the other thing is, at that time, the affiliate or the associate team, Amazon associate team, is part of the overall Amazon worldwide uh, traffic organization. So I sat right next to the Amazon pay search marketing team and the Amazon display ads team. And just give you a story here. One of our first presentation we made to Bezos and the ice team at that time, the title of the presentation was uh, The House is on Fire because Amazon is losing traffic to this company called Google mm-hmm. um, because Google search is taking such a big share. So mm-hmm. we started working on uh, paid search uh, bidding, uh, ultimate process, and also working on other ad product, including uh, behavior targeting, automated targeting product at Amazon. So for me, the great exposure there is to really understand how Amazon think about uh, advertising, uh, traffic generation, uh, how they uh, apply a very data-driven approach to manage their marketing. And to this day, I think what I learned there has formed you know, that foundation for me, really has benefited every stop along the way. And that's also where I started to realize, gosh, I love online marketing because it's so powerful and you can see results, everything's measurable um, and uh, you can grow a small business very quickly if you figure out the right uh, messaging, the right channel, the right tactics. That's how I started uh, my marketing career. Very cool. For the audience, can you describe how, how affiliate worked for Amazon in that was it shoppers that uh, referred other shoppers or was it sellers or that referred other sellers or both? Yeah, so uh, essentially the, the affiliate uh, program works is, let's say you have a, you're a blogger, you have a website, then you write a book, uh, you write a review about the book, then you can insert a link to refer that person to come to Amazon to make a purchase. And as part of the link, uh, you put in this, customized tracking code so that Amazon knows this is referral from mm-hmm. you. Then you can earn uh, a commission. And at that time, the affiliate program was responsible for about between 10 and 15% of the entire Amazon sales. Wow. It's a pretty significant. Yeah. And if you think of what are the different uh, affiliates, uh, you can actually seg- segment them into different uh, segments. So there's the content associate, such as a blogger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you have your own website, you essentially refer other people come to Amazon, make a purchase. Uh, you have the shopping comparison engines, uh, shopping.com or other sh- shopping uh, comparison engines. They uh, helping people compare price. And then they, once people click on a link to Amazon, the shopping comparison engine uh, makes a commission. And then there's the deals and coupon site, right? For example, Slick Deals. Uh, was an early affiliate of Amazon. So they post coupon code, uh, special promotions, 
and then Amazon pay them for commission. And then there's also a last category of uh, affiliates, which doesn't exist anymore. But for a while, uh, it was uh, they were quite aggressive. So what they were doing at that time is they were doing paid search arbitrage. Mm. So basically, they are bidding on certain keywords, and then in their as part of their Google paid ads, it is a affiliate link. So let's say if you are bidding for, uh, I want to buy a Samsung uh, cell phone, iPhone uh, cell phone, um, they their ads will show up. If you click on their ads, they take you to Amazon, and then if you make a purchase, they uh, make a commission from the purchase, and they're they're betting that the commission they earned uh, are higher than the, the total cost. amount of money they pay yeah. Google. And this thing uh, was uh, stopped uh, some point around twenty uh, f- uh, twenty fifteen. Uh, Amazon shutting down that practice. But prior to that, uh, there's actually a cottage industry of uh, entrepreneurs. Who made pretty good money. This is essentially classic uh, CPC arbitrage. Mm-hmm. It still exists today yeah. uh, in other marketing channels, but just not with Amazon affiliate uh, and Google for, for now. Google doesn't allow affiliate link as part of your pay search ads. Yeah. We, we had on the show uh, Brian Marcus, who's he, he's a, one of the VP of marketing at, at Tune, and, and uh, he, he has such love for affiliate uh, in digital marketing. Affiliate can have a, it's kind of like the redheaded stepchild of, of digital marketing. What's, what's your feelings towards uh, affiliate as a channel? Um, I think that's a great question. I think I'm more uh, like your other uh, guests here. Um, I started my career in affiliate marketing. Um, I have worked with a lot of very uh, one person, two person shop over years um, it's amazing if you uh, work well with them, work with the high integrity affiliate, how much revenue sales they can drive uh, to your business. And I think them as a way of, they're almost like your salesperson mm-hmm. on the ground. They can drive such a tremendous amount of uh, volume. Uh, the key is separate out you know, the fraud and the noise from the really good uh, affiliate. And the other thing here, I think some company uh, are concerned about uh, paying the repeat customer uh, a commission, uh, you know, paying the affiliate commission for repeat customers because those are people uh, will still come back to your site anyway. Um, my philosophy on that is a bit different. I do believe there's certain uh, percentage of consumers, they will always go to affiliate site first because those are the bargain hunters or the shopping comparison people, mm-hmm. um, they are not necessarily um, trying to save every sense, but their behavior is that they want to go to one of their sites before they come to your destination. And if you don't have a presence on those affiliate sites, I think you will be losing out. However, you, know, you can always do incrementality study to really quantify uh, that difference. Uh, but overall, I think affiliate is one of those things that um, although it's controversial, I continue to believe it is a very vibrant community. And uh, if you do that right, it's continue, uh, it should, should continue to be part of your marketing mix. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a really important channel and it can be done really well and, and tastefully. You mentioned you could do an incremental 
incrementality study to see if it's it, it would actually make a difference to to go through an affiliate or not, or whether they'd be, you know, w- whether you should be paying them for repeat customers or not. But maybe could you break that down a little bit? What would that look like? Yeah, I think um, uh, what you can do is you can let's say uh, provide continue uh, run offers. Let's say you pick one or two large affiliates. So let's say it's Retail Me Not um, and Select Deals, for example. And you create a baseline understanding of uh, the number of repeat customers came from uh, those uh, sites mm-hmm. and uh, who, uh, you know, the amount of commission you're paying them and uh, understand, you know, the purchase frequency of those repeat customers. And then you can stop uh, surfacing or showing those uh, coupons on Retail Me Not Slick Deals. And I see uh, how your referral traffic declined from those sites, and I see uh, understand the repeat behavior. Then, then that can help you to understand the incrementality from uh, those affiliate sites. And then you can see the 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 opposite of lift uh, in in how it affected your business, and and then you could even use those case examples of those few people to go, oh, you know, did that repeat customer come or not? Did, did that one maybe get a sample of 10 or 100, right? Yeah. And the other uh, example here is Ebate, for example, because they are a rebate site. So they incentivize people going back to them first before having them come to the merchant site. If you suddenly stop showing your ads, um, you want to see if those people are still coming back. If they're still coming back, you know who they are, then that's proof Ebate is not adding much value mm-hmm. to your site as a fit and that's another way to really prove out if you should have eBay as one of your affiliates. Yeah. Similar sites. Yeah. yeah. I think it answers the question. The shoppers that are coming and making purchases on your with your company, who do they have an alliance to? Do they have an alliance to the, the affiliate partner or to your company? Yeah, it's the loyalty to your business, right? And right. My, my, my thing about, uh, about that piece is... Um, if you continue to run those programs through affiliate, you need a strong CRM program that give those people uh, a strong enough reason so they want to come back directly to you. And that might mean there's some special offer through your email channel uh, or you have quite such a sticky experience with your mobile app, they should always come back to you without going to a third-party site first. So that CRM uh, effort and program needs to work hand-in-hand with your affiliate program. When you say CRM, you mean a customer relationship management? management? Yeah, essentially retention marketing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So, so you, you, you seem to have such a wealth of knowledge and information uh, in regards to marketing and product management. What is, if you have one, your marketing thesis? So here's my kind of my, my own philosophy on this. Mm-hmm. I think to build and grow a successful company, you need to have a very uh, high quality product or offering. And then you need to uh, be able to sell uh, your product effectively to the people. And what marketing does is uh, identify who your uh, targeted audience is and communicate them in such a way that they want to try test your product and then they make a purchase 
and you want to build that relationship, establish the trust with your audience and so that they transact with us. They are under your protection and they want to have a continued relationship uh, with you. Now with that, I also think that uh, there's always this kind of, uh, I feel there's a this disconnect or misunderstanding about online advertising versus marketing. I think online advertising is closer to a pure sales effort versus marketing. Because marketing has, you know, traditionally, if you look at a business school textbook, is about the four Ps, is about marketing positioning, about marketing mix. Advertising is a component of that, but advertising has a much stronger uh, component uh, for selling things. Uh, if you think about performance marketing, it is about selling things. And that's why, you know, going back to the affiliate space, if you, if you do a survey of the super affiliate in the industry, there's a good percentage of them are former, very successful salespeople in, in the real world. It's actually, they are very effective to transition to the online world because the principles uh, are actually very similar, uh, having that sales skill. So I always felt that being an advertiser online, uh, you need to have a sales mentality in addition to understand marketing. Yeah, I think that ties nicely to the the insight that few people follow, the focus on impressions, clicks, and conversions with the emphasis on the conversion part, right? Because the conversion yeah. part, it's it's literally, it's it's sales. It's, uh, you know, is it is it actually driving revenue? Is it driving the income that it's intended to? And then, you know, you figure out if it is, and then that tells you the return on investment. Yes, absolutely. Is a uh, ultimately uh, you want to establish a trust. You are selling of promise, and you want to be able to fulfill that promise. Hey, sexy ladies and gentlemen, that was part one to our two-part conversation with our guest. Arguably, the second half is actually better than the first, so I suggest you go and listen to that. Also, before you go, I want to ask you for one small favor. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please help grow the show with me by either one, reviewing on Apple Podcasts, or two, subscribing to the show. To give you a little background to why those two, it's because both have a material effect in growing the ranking of the show in podcast categories through the iTunes podcast ranking system, similar to how Google search ranks and organizes top sites for a specific search. To sweeten the deal, we're going to do something a little special. If you review the show on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to enter you into a $50 Amazon gift card raffle, which we're going to announce the winner of every other Thursday. It's simple. Review the show on Apple Podcasts. It's that little purple podcast app on your phone. Scroll to the bottom of the show and hit add review. 10 words, 10 seconds, very easy. You'll be entered into a $50 Amazon gift card raffle, which we're going to announce the winner of every other Thursday. It's free money, y'all. You got to love that. If you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be freaking amazing. Thank you. Take care and good night.